Coming Up is a podcast brought to you by the dedicated and diverse volunteers at 3CR. Just a quick message before you get there. For the month of June, we're asking listeners to donate to the station to help us keep going. In 2023, we're asking our community to stay tuned, stay radical. We rely on the generous donations of community to survive. Go to 3cr.org.au slash donate and show your support for community-owned and community-run media. Thanks for your support and happy listening. CCR Community Radio, and I'm James Whitmore. I acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land where this show is being broadcast from, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nations, and pay my respects to Elders past and present. Today, we're going to be hearing from the campaign to stop seismic blasting off Victoria's coast. And if you're around in the CBD today, head along to Trades Hall for the Eco-Socialist Conference. They've got a great series of panels and speakers. And at midday, 3CR will be there with a stall, so stop by for some merch and a chat. I'll be right back after this. Hi, I'm Robbie Thorpe. Beyond the Bars is 3CR's annual prison radio series, where we share the mic with Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander men and women in Victoria's prisons. Uh, we are such a huge representation in prison all over Australia. Statistically, it has to stop, and it's gonna, not going to stop while you're building more beds in a prison. It's a Band-Aid. What about beds outside? Tune in to 3CR during NAIDOC week at 11am each day from Monday the 3rd to Friday the 7th of July. We'll take you inside six Victorian prisons. Dame Phyllis Frost Centre, Barwon Prison, Fulham Correctional Centre, Loddon Prison. Marguerite Correctional Centre and Port Phillip Prison. To hear stories, songs, opinions and poems from the men and women inside while connecting with culture and community. The shows will be live on 3CR 855 on your AM dial, 3CR Digital and streaming via our website or the Community Radio Plus app. For more information, head to our website 3cr.org.au backslash beyondthebars. You're listening to Out of the Blue on 3CR Community Radio. The Australian government has committed to net zero emissions and we know that new fossil fuel developments are incompatible with stopping climate change. Yet still fossil fuel companies are exploring new areas for oil, 
gas and coal. One of the latest battlegrounds is off the Otway coast in western Victoria, a huge area of the ocean between Apollo Bay, Warrnambool and King Island. Here the government has granted special exploration permission for companies to test for gas outside of the normal process. There are a whole lot of concerns here from the way the exploration has been allowed to the impact of seismic blasting itself. To to find out more, I spoke to Lisa Depler, founder and organiser of the Otway Climate Emergency Action Network, or OCEAN. Lisa, great to have you on Out of the Blue. Can you tell us a bit about yourself and Ocean and how that came about? Oh, hi, James. Thank you. Um, Yes, Ocean. Um, My name is Lisa Depler and I live in Apollo Bay on the west coast of Victoria. And basically our group Ocean, which stands for Otway Climate Emergency Action Network, uh, was started by, by, I suppose, the discovery and the, our growing awareness of the seismic blasting that's happening in the Otway Basin offshore. Can you give us a bit of background about what's happening with the oil and gas exploration in the Otway Basin that Ocean is campaigning against? What is the Otway Basin and when did you become aware about the proposed exploration? Okay, um, I suppose I'll describe what the Otway Basin is first. It, it's a it's a vast area, a geological area, and it covers the land and the water down in southwest Victoria. I suppose Ocean is campaigning about protecting the Otway Basin in the offshore, where there's obviously, I think, some um, some healthy uh, deposits of uh, natural gas um, for the for the gas industry. Um, the Otway Basin is pretty huge. It just about goes from Kangaroo Island across to Tasmania and along the south coast of Victoria and, um, and yeah, and South Australia. So it's a large area. They're basically running out of gas uh, deposits over in off the coast of Gippsland and these companies are now moving into the Otway Basin. And the proposed seismic drilling for for, the, for this area is due to start in October. That's right. Okay, it's seismic blasting, and there's there's a number of companies wanting to seismic blast in the Otway Basin. Uh, seismic blasting is used to locate gas and oil de- deposits deep below the ocean floor, kilometres below the ocean floor. Um, to do that, they um, they they have a large survey ship that goes up and down over a tidal area or a permit area in a grid fashion, letting off blasts from the back of the ship every 10 seconds. Basically, the, the blasts send vibrations and sound deep down, kilometres down below the ocean floor, and they bounce back up to receptors that are being towed behind the ship. Our concern is what these blasts are having on our marine life. There's multiple companies uh, mm. that are vying. Uh, there's one company that say they want to start in October. Uh, Ocean's certainly hoping to stop that. Uh, there's um, one one group is called TGS and Schlumberger, and they want to do a massive 3D seismic blasting area that goes basically from... Um, just west of King Island, all the way to Robe in South Australia. Uh, it's a massive area that they want to cover. 
There's other companies, um, one that's called CGG, a French company. They want to do a, a very large also 3D area off the coast of Victoria. Uh, they're moving in and if we, if we don't push back on this, we're going to see our Otway Basin very industrialised. So there are a whole lot of parts to this. One is the size of the area that is up for exploration and the way this has come about is a bit different to how exploration rights are usually granted by the government. Can you explain that and the concerns there? Yeah, okay. Um, once every year, um, our resources minister, at the moment it's Madeline King, they, they, they release titles that uh, gas and oil companies can basically tender for, and that happens every year. And when that does happen... The, um, it goes through the usual government processes and also the Australian people have a consultation period of 30 days to, you know, push back on some of these titles that are being released. For example, um, I think it was last year, they released an area very close to the Ningaloo Reef and, of course, the Australian people just said, you know, no and pushed back on that. And so they did adjust the titles and they did respond to the Australian people. There's this other backdoor method that a lot of multinationals are using at the moment to get into Australian offshore areas, and it's called a special prospectors authority. Now, this one is where a multinational identifies an area that they would like to explore of Australia's offshore, and they go direct to the titles administrator, uh, which is a statutory authority, I believe. Now, they go direct to them and they apply for a temporary, I suppose like a temporary title that they would like to explore, seismic blast basically, find out what's down there so as they can sell that data off to gas and oil developers. Now, when it goes through the titles administrator, it doesn't go through the usual government channels. And we do not get that 30-day consultation period that we do with the, t with the officially released titles. And I'm afraid that these multinational companies are right onto this and they're using it. And, um, this is, and they're often vast, huge areas that they want to seismic blast, generally many times bigger than the titles that our resources minister is releasing. And we, I suppose we want to um, expose this to people. We want to expose that there's seismic blasting happening because we believe that most Australians have no idea it's happening nor the damage that it's doing to our marine life. And they have no idea of this, I call it the dodgy way of, of getting their permits to blast our ocean. So can you tell us a bit more about seismic blasting, what the problem here is, and the concerns about the marine environment? Okay. Um, look, I suppose the biggest problem is it's under-researched. Um, we really don't know enough about it. Us conservationists don't know enough about it, and certainly the gas and oil people don't. And, look, they like it that way. What research has been done has discovered that it definitely impacts a lot of commercial fisheries because that's where the research 
money is spent, you know, around the lobster industry, the tuna industry, scallops, that sort of thing. And whales, they actually get quite a bit of attention as well. Um, the blasts are 259 decibels, which is massively loud. Um, decibels are exponential, so they don't just sort of double as you go up. They, they are, I don't know how exponential works, but it's times themselves. So, for example... A, um, a jet engine at the source is 140 decibels. So 250 decibels is, is, is thousands and thousands of times louder than that. Now, these blasts go off every 10 seconds, 24 hours a day, sometimes for months on end as this ship covers this huge area in a grid pattern. The damage that it does is... We'll start with the smallest things, the zooplankton. Zooplankton, which is the, the foundation of life in the ocean. It's not just krill and whale food. There are many, many creatures in the ocean that spend a juvenile stage of their life as zooplankton. Well, they have done some science on this and they found that it kills zooplankton for at least 1.2 kilometres from every blast. Now, as that ship goes up and down its track, it's, it's letting off a blast every 10 seconds, killing zooplankton for 1.2 kilometres at least. They haven't tested beyond that. Um, and another thing, just to add to that, you've got the tides going in an east and west direction across the bottom of Australia. And, and that's like a conveyor belt feeding fresh zooplankton and fresh seawater to the impact of those blasts. So it isn't just uh, that area that they're blasting that you can draw on a map, it's that times the tide and the water moving to and fro. So it's creating vast tracks that are devoid of zooplankton, whale food, and plus the foundation of life in the ocean. It impacts um, lobster. Uh, the great southern lobster, they're certainly a, a big industry in Apollo Bay, are our cray fishermen. Um, it, it doesn't kill the lobster, but it might as well because it damages their balance mechanism in their, that they have in their head. And if they go onto their back, they cannot right themselves. Now, a slow lobster or a lobster on his back is a dead lobster. Um, it killed, there's also been some science on scallops, an area off the northwest coast of Tasmania. Uh, a massive scallop industry uh, really suffered one year. I can't remember the tonnage of scallops that were lost. The scallops didn't die immediately. They basically sickened and died um, months later. Um, whales, uh, it... It impacts them by, well, scaring them away. They're one of the lucky critters that can get out of the way of the blasts if they hear them in time. <laughs> and, um, and, but it, it will, they will get out of the way. And so it impacts their feeding, their breeding, their migration. And that's about all we know. We don't know much more than that. But if a whale can't go and feed where he's been feeding, that species has been feeding for the last 10,000 years, this impacts the life of the whale. 
For example, where Schlumberger and TGS want a seismic blast along the Victorian and South Australian coastline, it goes over the Bonny upwelling, which is a, a really, really important phenomena. Upwellings are full of nutrient and, and the whales come there the same time every year um, to, to exploit that, that, the food source that's there. And this is where they have their babies and where they rest. I'm chatting with Lisa Deppler from Ocean, who is campaigning against seismic blasting in the ocean off the Otways. More from her after the break. If you have any thoughts on seismic blasting in the Otway coast, let me know. 0488 0809 855. Text me a message. Thank you to everyone who has donated to Out of the Blue during the 3CR Radiothon. We really appreciate your support to keep bringing you stories from the people who are working so hard to protect our oceans. We're so close to our target, so if you can make a donation, please head to givenow.com.au forward slash CR forward slash Out of the Blue. This is Nyalambara by Carissa Nyalu with Yangagiri and Robbie. You're listening to Out of the Blue on 3CR.
I'm Deborah Cheatham Freon and you're listening to 3CR. Stay tuned and stay radical. That was Carissa Nyalu with Gangagiri and Robbie with their Nyalambara. You're listening to Out of the Blue on 3CR. I'm talking to Lisa Depler from the Otway Climate Emergency Action Network about their campaign to stop seismic blasting off the Otway coast. Let's talk about the community concern. Obviously, there's yourself and Ocean who are campaigning against this blasting. What is your sense of the the broader community's feelings about this? My sense is that the broader community is still unaware and I think if they did know, um, there'd be riots in the street. Um, I think it's because it's out of sight and out of mind that nobody knows it's happening and, and that suits the gas and oil companies very nicely. Um, the campaign has grown. When uh, Schlumberger and TGS put in their application with the titles administrator for this massive 3D about a year ago, Ocean contacted a heap of other organisations, Friends of the Earth, Surf Rider Foundation, uh, Surfers for Climate, um, Wilderness Society, um, Australian Marine Conservation Society. And we are now meeting very regularly and we're campaigning on every level that we possibly can to try and, and stop this. So the campaign is growing. And it's thank you for interviewing me because it's this sort of thing that we need to get the word out and tell people what's happening. Can we talk about how the companies involved have engaged with the community? There was a meeting on June 14 in Apollo Bay. Can you tell us what happened there? Mm, okay. Um, yeah. Uh, we're not, we, in the past, communities have not been consulted doesn't matter that you live on the coast and you know uh live by the ocean for all the right reasons but they um they are now consulting with the community after a a high court decision in favor of the Tiwi Islanders Uh, I don't know if you know about that that was um over the Barossa development and a decision came out of that that they have to consult with community and including traditional owners um so at the moment, uh, we are being offered consultation meetings. They're coming out of our ears at the moment with all these gas companies that want to do different things. And, um, and they basically, uh, this one was CGG. They came to Apollo Bay and held a community meeting and basically told us about our rights as far as consulting, that um, because we live on the coast and play and work, 
on the coast, we are relevant persons and that we we have a right to comment. Um, look, how powerful that comment is, I don't know. But at the moment, many communities along the coast uh, are being consulted. I think uh, consultation fatigue would be a good word to describe it, like how to deplete a, a community that is passionate about saving the ocean and get dragged along to these meetings where they basically tell you that they don't think seismic testing is that harmful to the ocean and that it's basically going to happen anyway and maybe we have an opportunity to direct, you know, some of the details of the project. It's it's pretty, it's pretty heartbreaking for somebody... Um, who who understands the damage that this is going to happen that you know that this is going to do and um yeah a bit of volunteer fatigue going on in a lot of these coastal towns yeah that's um that sounds very you know um a very wearing down sort of process and i think um oh look it, it feels token james that's uh, um this whole thing of um you know, being a relevant person, it seems sort of bizarre that you sort of have to fight to argue that you that you will be affected by these developments. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, we're just talking about the seismic testing here, let alone, you know, the carbon bomb that the Otway Basin is, you know. Um, the areas that they're uh, seismic blasting um, are in way off to sea, beyond the continental shelf and in five kilometres of water. How many decades do you think it might be before they have the infrastructure out there to develop gas? I mean, it's, we're going to well beyond 2030 and, um, and we all know that we have to be getting, we have to get off the gas <laughs> if we're going to, you know, go anywhere close to 1.5 degree, you know, climate warming. Um, and so we just see this as um, it's a wonderful expression that um, Freya Leonard from Friends of the Earth, it's, it's the unthinkable in search of the unnecessary. Mm, that's a great quote. Um, can you it tell is. us what, what the next steps for ocean are now? Okay, I suppose, look, you know, we're, we're limited in our resources and our energy on this, and so we are going for our lowest hanging fruit. Um, we, uh, if a project's already been approved or they're looking at infrastructure for that project, I, you know, I'm not too sure what we can do about that. So we are, we are definitely attacking the special prospectors' authorities. Um, we're trying to raise awareness of that in Canberra. We've been up to Canberra doing some lobbying and we will be going back because we, it seems unlawful. It's hard to believe it's legal that these multinational companies can come in and, and, and so easily get access to our, our offshore areas and do, and, and wreak so much damage on them. And, and, uh, we're definitely another thing I didn't tell you, James, is that um, every application is completely standalone. There can be three other gas companies or, or even more applying to blast over the same area in the same year, and they are judged alone. Um, the, it, the cumulative impact is not looked at here. So we had one small area 
I can't remember which year it was. It's within the last five years. That was blasted three times in 12 months. Um, like, this is madness. This would not happen on terrestrial land. And it's really just because, you know, because people can't see it. It's so far out to sea. You have no idea it's happening. That was Lisa Deppler from Ocean, the Otway Climate Emergency Action Network. And if you want to show your support for their campaign to stop seismic blasting and new gas developments off the Otway coast, follow Ocean on Facebook or head to ocean.org.au. Thanks for listening to Out of the Blue. If you enjoyed this show, we'd love it if you could make a donation to 3CR's Radiothon. Head to givenow.com.au forward slash CR forward slash Out of the Blue. Your support not only helps Out of the Blue, but all the other radio makers at 3CR. And that's all for this week. If you want to listen to this show again or any of our previous episodes, head to 3cr.org.au forward slash Radio Blue. We'll be with you again next week. And in the meantime, stay well. When you compare an old growth forest compared to a forest which is regrowing after a disturbance like logging, they're actually quite different ecosystems. Generally, like older, wetter forests slow down the path of fire, and this is actually quite a well-known phenomenon. Historically, these big, large fires have been quite rare, but what we've seen in the last 20 years is they're becoming quite a lot more common. So we've had three in the last 20 years. This is definitely because of climate change, which is making our ecosystems a lot drier and the fire weather more intense. We need to keep radical voices on air. Subscribe now. Go to 3cr.org.au forward slash subscribe or call the station on 9419 8377.